You're listening to episode 25 of the Mad Chatters podcast, March 18th, 2015. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> are listening to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. My name is Derek and joining me are my friends and co-hosts, Matt. Hello. And Jeremy. Yo, yo, yo. We had our have our subdued podcast host and our thug podcast host. <laughs> was, was that a Disney quote? Was that like the first time ever? No, I'm, I'm just one? I'm just changing it up a little bit, trying to keep y'all oh. on your toes. Nice, so. I like it. Well, guys, since it is our special 25th episode, are you guys decorating your houses like birthday cakes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe not. I know I did. Mm-hmm. I decorated my bathroom like birthday cake. I don't want to know what that involves. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. Oh. I was thinking of a central feature of my house is our bathroom. Oh, mm-hmm. like the, your hub. <laughs> your ba- yes, the hub oh. is the bathroom. Okay. Your icon. The icon of your house. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Um, well, speaking of celebrations, which we are not doing, uh, Disney is doing their own celebration. This week, they announced that they are doing a March Magic Tournament and pitting 32 attractions against each other. The attraction mascots, that is. And they're selling, of course, because why wouldn't you want to make money off of this, 32 t-shirts, one for each mascot. Did you guys see these? And if so, what do you think? They did this last year, but I don't yeah, think they, they offered merchandise, did they? I don't no. remember t-shirts, no. Well, this they're just adding the, the merchandise element onto it. I really don't know how any of this works, so I really don't care. Well, I think I like it, and I like all the designs for the shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Derek and I were discussing earlier today, and I was like, I really had to maintain some self-control because yeah. I really wanted to order a bunch of them. However, they're not exactly cheap. Yeah, I mean, they're 25 bucks, but if you order two or more, they're 20 But I'm like... <gasps> For a t-shirt? For a t-shirt, know. that's a little much. Yeah. Especially when, if you're going to order one, you're probably going to order 32. So, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> no, there are a few I definitely would not get. But I, there are a few that come out, like the Small World Sailors. I really like that just one. Just print the logo out, go down to Walmart, buy your <laughs> shirt, and then just do an iron-on. <laughs> that's not a bad idea, actually. Right. It will last yeah. for like a week, but you'll have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someone was just telling me today that she thinks the Disney World t-shirts are great. Like she says, the ones she has have lasted forever. So, I don't know. Really, I've been hit or miss because I've only owned a few. But, uh-huh. like, the ones I've... Well, a couple of the ones I've owned, they're so thin, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they're... And I don't really like that because I feel like they stretch easy or mm-hmm. whatever because they're so thin. I have but, a Splash Mountain shirt out of which the armpit has been gone for a long time. <laughs> I still wear it at nighttime. <laughs> I still wear it at night to bed. That's classy, Matthew. Keeping right, it classy. No. <laughs> About as classy as ripping off the the logo off the internet and <laughs> ironing it on to Just a shirt. So. I give people the wrong impression of me and my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
pitless t-shirts and bathroom hubs and and a house that has wheels uh but anywho this um tournament it's just like i think it's just a way for people to vote for their favorite favorite attractions and they're gonna narrow it down because apparently there's some kind of a big basketball tournament that happens this time of the year that coincides with this yeah so i think about that too march craziness or something like that. yeah some some stupidity with a bunch of neanderthals anyways um they uh but here's the fun thing they're selling all 32 shirts this week but as it dwindles down to 16 then they're only going to sell those 16 shirts so it really is limited edition like your shirt may not be available next Mm -hmm. week if your team doesn't advance and then it keeps dwindling down uh till the final week so so teams uh these teams quote unquote win by the number of votes they receive I right. believe so because I saw on Twitter and Instagram they're they're doing it by hashtags. Right, you vote oh. for your attraction. They they're pitting two against each other at a time and saying you can vote for hashtag this or hashtag that. Okay, so, so I think it's just fan favorites kind of a thing, pretty much. Which means if you want a really limited edition T-shirt, go buy the one that you know is not going to win, like Soren. Well, no, actually that'll probably do well. Like Maelstrom, rest in peace. The Disney fan community, it's always the things that you don't think would win. Yeah. <laughs> like the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters or something. That'll be the winning team. The Impressions de France theater seat. <laughs> that was not one of them. I can tell you that. The bread, the bread man at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there were uh, the... Um, re- what's it called? Grand Fiesta Tour is not one. So that means World Showcase didn't get any love. Yeah, shut up. Uh, Maelstrom had one last year. Last year, I remember, yeah. But they're not there no more. No. Now, there was a bit of other news I think we should discuss. Last weekend was the shareholders meeting, which is just a chance for a bunch of Uber fans to ask their silly questions. But there were a few bits of news that I think were important. And one was, you guessed it, Frozen is getting a sequel in 2017. Are you guys surprised? Happy? I'm not surprised. I actually had stepped away from social media for a couple hours when the shareholder meeting was happening. And when I came back, I saw Twitter had like blown up. And so I was a little behind everything and still not totally caught up. So is this going to be actually a theatrical release? Yeah, 2017. Okay, so it's not just a straight to DVD. No. Okay, wow. And they've already started something on it, like whether it's writing or pre-production or something they said now have either of you seen frozen fever yet i have not did you see it i have not Oh, okay and so that's the short that's playing before the live action cinderella um i've heard mixed reactions about frozen fever yeah um well mixed reactions some people really like it some people say it just feels like a frozen afterthought that was kind of pieced together really hastily so like everything else well, uh, associated with Frozen, yeah. <laughs> yes. It does kind of make me a little bit sad that Walt Disney Animation Studios has only done a handful of sequels. I mean, Rescuers Down Under was clearly a sequel, sequel, but Fantasia 2000 is kind of a sequel, and Winnie the Pooh is kind of a sequel, and then now you have this, which is just like, I mean, in-your-face sequel four years after the fact. And so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't want them to go the direction of Pixar, where it's every year is another sequel, you know? It does feel very money-hungry. Money yeah, I think <laughs> so, so, too. 
but but I'm going to reserve judgment because again, when you uh, look at Frozen, when you've removed the hype, at its core, is still a very good film. Mm-hmm. And if they can do another very good film, I mean, Toy Story came out '95. The sequel was there in '99, and arguably, Toy Story Two is better than Toy Story One. So there is hope. <laughs> That's true. So hopefully, this will be one of those rare instances. Um, but another thing they sort of announced... Were you guys listening to the meeting at all or just following it on Twitter? Okay, because I was listening to it at, in my office with the headphones on. And it was funny because it was a little boy who came up and asked... He, he It was like, nah, 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 nah. And Bob Iger said, I'm sorry, could you ask that again? So he said, is Hollywood Studios getting... Is its name changing? And he, and he said, not that I... What? Oh, it is? Oh, well... There are, because you could tell he was like looking at someone beside him at the table who I guess corrected him or something, but he's like, now there's, there are a whole lot of changes going on at that park, which I guess will result in a name change. What? Well, let, let's just say that um, it is getting a name change, but we're not going to say what that name's going to be, okay? <laughs> it was like he clearly <laughs> had not been briefed on what to say and what not to say. At Bob Iger, everyone. You're CEO of Disney right there on yeah. top of it all. So, there you go, folks. It is getting a name change, but we do not know what that name will be. Now, they made one of the Disney uh, fan sites made the mistake of posting this bit of news with a picture as the headline that had MGM Studios and then Hollywood Studios. And all they were saying is, with that headline picture was, another name change is coming. But for about 50 threads in that forum after that, it was people thinking they're changing it back to MGM Studios uh. and going bonkers about it. And I don't get involved with any of that because I would be like, you morons. That would make no sense. All <laughs> Clearly. If you just read. We're all going to be upset when it's like Disney's Frozen adventure or something. Oh, <laughs> bless us. Or it's just going to be like. It's going to be that. It's, it's going to be. Clearly. It's Disney's, something that's going to stay the same but different. They're it's going to be like. Studios out of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Disney movie park. Like that's gonna be like like very generic, like, like Japanese version, <laughs> yeah. Super Disney Movie Park. <laughs> Happy number one Disney movie. <laughs> no, you know how like they dumb it down, kind of thing. Like remember back in the eighties? Maybe you don't know, but they originally were doing the Baker yeah. of Basil Street, which turned into the Great Mouse Detective, and all the animators were really upset that they were dumbing down the name. Yeah. Because they were worried that people wouldn't know what it was. So then they yeah. went through and did a whole joke about dumbing down all these other Disney names for movies. But I can see that in the park. Be like, Disney's Castle Park. That's the Magic yeah. Kingdom. <laughs> Disney's Country Park. That's uh, you know, Epcot. Animal Kingdom would just stay Animal Kingdom probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's right. Hopefully something really exciting and, um, I don't know, not what you just described is coming. Well, let's go ahead and get to today's podcast. The main topic for today's show is one I'm very excited about, and that is because it involves food. We're going to be each listing the five best foods we've had at Walt Disney World. But first, we're going to do a round of the good, the bad, and the ugly. On this edition of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, we're going to take a look, introspective look, at Disney characters in the parks. Um, 
and obviously there are characters we see and we know and we love. There are rare characters, and there are even rarer characters that maybe we have never seen. They're invisible. Yeah, so they're they're sleeping. Yeah, some of the costumes are good, and I guess just to stick with this, some of them are bad. <laughs> some of them are ugly. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this, and just to refresh everyone on what good, bad, and the ugly is, uh, it's just a catchy name for things because actually the bad just means that we kind of like it. It kind of works. It just would uh, could use some improvement. So good is good, bad is needs some work, and ugly is ugly it just needs to go so um i'll start and i'm gonna start with i guess we'll start with my good right um and i was trying to rank my brain over all the characters i've seen and which ones just impressed me the most and going back over some of my pictures from the parks and then looking at some uh, character pictures uh the other people have taken i've landed on a very odd maybe an odd character and that is carl fredrickson the an old man from up uh-huh. and, and i i don't know what it was it's just the 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 detail of the artwork and the paint on his face just brought that character to life and if you look at the character um the the kind of body stuffing they did to give him that old man kind of belly with the pants hiked up uh-huh. and everything everything just works together with his character he looks like he just walked right out of the movie and into into the park. And he only did like a meet and greet for a little while at Hollywood Studios after the movie. You can still meet Doug and um, China Man. What's his name? Russell. Russell. Over. <laughs> I'm he is Asian, it. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He's Asian American. He is. Uh, you can still meet Russell and Doug over at Animal Kingdom. And... Um, so I, Carl, I, and, and oh, he was in the Countdown to Fun parade, which yes. was an awful mm-hmm. parade, but he was in it. Uh, so very rare care. I don't know when they would ever bring him back out. You just don't see these characters yeah. anymore for geriatric day. No, <laughs> I almost put him Matt for that same reason because I was looking. There's a website, um, Character Central, that has pretty much all the costume characters archived there, pictures and things. And I was looking through it today to try to help spark some ideas for this. And his really did stick out to me mm-hmm. as far as he looks exactly like he does in the film. Like they did an excellent job. You know, some of these characters, the proportions are off mm-hmm. and we'll get to that later, yeah. but he is really proportionally well done. He's like got said, a big old head. The head looks good and it and it looks, you know, like you said, the, the paint job on there is great. And he has his cane with the tennis balls on the bottom of the mm-hmm. feet, which is fun. But I did not say Carl Fredericks. You know what? That's actually probably why he works, because he does have a big head in the movie. Because a lot of human characters in the park yes. have to have a big head so well, the yeah. person's head can fit inside. Sorry, kids, if you're listening. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it works for him because he's already got a big head. Uh-huh. And I think I just am biased to him anyway because I like his character. Yeah. And I like Ed Asner who did mm-hmm. the voice for him. I had a strange childhood fixation with the Mary Tyler Moore show on which Ed Asner was the manager for the, the station. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I always liked him. So when I found out he was the voice of Carl, I was attached. So that's my good. Ed Asner as Carl Fredrickson. <laughs> um, good one. My good. This was difficult for me because I think there are several or many rather that do very well as far as really catching the essence of the character and it's proportionally correct and they just look good but one stood out for me that I think they just did an exceptional job of and that is um, Boo from Monsters Inc 
Mm. When she's in the parade, uh, when yes. she's with the monsters, she's in her little monster costume. So it's really this sort of meta thing where you have a person inside of a costume, inside <laughs> of a, a person. Costume. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is yeah. perfect. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so it's kind of a really well done as far as her. you can still see her booth. You know, person face inside the mouth of this monster, and it just is a is a really well done costume. So, uh, bravo to them for that. Yeah, I really like that one. In the movie, even the way they animated her, I'm just like, oh, she's so adorable, and they really captured that in the costume too. As like her monster head, like Bob's little eye on yeah. top, Bob's up and down. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good one. Mine is actually Pixar as well. No, it's not. Just kidding. I did have a Pixar one, and I crossed it out. Um, okay, this is an act, actually a face character. Is that okay? Or is that sure, not? Okay. Yeah. I think they've actually done a really good job with the Mad Hatter. And even the actors themselves, every time I've seen him, has been very good. Very, just very good interaction with them. And he's got the voice down. And they add, like, the big bulbous nose to him every time. And I think they've done a really good job with that. Because um, sometimes the human ones, like I said, are a little hard to get right. I find most of the human characters face characters to be really bad like yeah. i've seen recently like hercules has been out at epcot Ooh, oh yeah. my god oh. and it was horrible <laughs> you know i mean now, i know we're someone not there, unloaded but... on how horrible the hercules character was did you happen to see this i don't remember even where it was so uh-uh. i can't tell you but someone unloaded on how because they did this the same week they were randomly doing like phoebus meet and greets at yes. epcot yeah and hercules and people were like what in the world is wrong with these people <laughs> And someone unloaded on them about how these people are people too, and they have jobs, and they read these forums, and how dare you say they're ugly? It's like no, they're just not a good Hercules. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they're all attractive. They're all attractive people, but I, it's it's there at Epcot where they do that character training for whatever reason they do it there. Um, it used to be next to America. Now it's at the gate there where that. Um, I don't know, it's like a little convention hall or whatever. Museum Village used to be there. Yes, and they randomly will bring out five, six, seven characters at a time, and they're totally random. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a theme throughout them or anything. You'll get Baloo, you'll get Hercules, you'll get, you know, whoever. We're all right there. So, anywho, Derek, well, yeah, was your good? Is that correct? Yeah, Mad Hatter, that was my yeah. good. I'll go with my bad. Again, these are ones that need to be improved. And my bad is... The Queen of Hearts from mm. Alice in Wonderland because... Mm-hmm. Sorry, she was on my short list, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Oof. And the reason why is when you see her in the film, she's very short and stubby. And I always feel like she's very tall in the parks and her head does not look oh, quite right to her body. The head. The head throws it all off. <laughs> and so um, I love the Queen of Hearts because I love Alice in Wonderland. And that's why I really want her to be better <laughs> because i would love yeah. a meet and greet with her but she just freaks me out too much to to ever go out of my way to get a picture in fact she does during the halloween party at least she's done in the past i can't remember if she's done it this year or not but they do um this little off with her head during the villains meet and greet show and she comes out and dances to it and like spins her head like with my hair back and forth and i'm just like it's she whips her hair back and forth she whips her yeah, so Never it's kind of cool, but it could be it could be better done. Thank you, uh, Willow. Um, <laughs> and uh, but it could be better done. So Queen of Hearts. But that's my biggest problem with a lot of the Disney characters is the proportions <laughs> yeah. are just not right. And I'm I may make a comment about this at the end of year also as well. I don't want to steal anybody. So go. 
Okay, my answer is actually bad for the same reason as yours is, and it is because it's a human, but they had to use a fake head, and so the proportions are all off, and it's Captain Hook. Ah. Uh. And I, when I, I think about that villain show that you're talking about, the villains mix and mingle, and Cruella DeVille, I mean, Maleficent's not in it, but she's sometimes in the parks. All these villains are, uh, what's the facilier? Um, they're all face characters. But then for some reason, Queen of Hearts and Captain Hook have the big all heads, and which means they can't talk and they can't interact with you. And it just looks jacked up. <laughs> yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in the Dream Along with Mickey, he's not, he is a face character in that, correct? I, it's been years since I've seen I that. I think he was. I don't know if they've gone back and forth. Anywho, I, I agree I've with seen you, though. Captain Hook meeting at Pirates of the Caribbean, and I, he's always a, a costumed character. Right. When we saw him at the Halloween party, he was. Yeah, I um, mean, but in the show, I don't think he's... No, he's, I'm with you. I, yeah. I don't know that, but... See, but, like, why, if he's not in the show, then why can't he be when he greets you? Are they, can they not get good enough actors for that, you know? I don't know. I'm not sure. Or maybe not. when it's close up, it's like, ooh, you're not Captain <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the way it is for a lot of those face characters. So. That's true. My bad was something else. But I'm not going to say it because I think it might be y'all's ugly. My bad, I'm going to say a whole group of characters. <laughs> And this is the Disney princesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are good and they serve their purpose for little girls and like but like when I was there with um with the two small children back in August and we were taking them around and they weren't and and they liked uh, Rapunzel and Cinderella and all that stuff. Um just none of them were like you know like Disney princess worthy. It was like, "Ooh, what what's wrong with your teeth?" <laughs> And I hate to be that way, but you know, when you go to Cinderella, you don't want to be like, hmm, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, just the wigs are bad. Like, the wigs are awful. I, Aurora's, the wigs Aurora's are wigs. Elsa are- is the worst. Elsa's oh, hair is like a foot off of her head. I'm like, yeah, what the in the world is like happening? Disney, why can't you make afford better wigs? Well, and Disney, for crying out loud. The one time we met a Sleeping Beauty one time that had so She's much awful. makeup on, she looked terrible now i i don't want to rip on these people again because they're human beings and no one can live up to the standard of an animated character let's i mean we all have flaws and things about us but i do agree with you that they could do a lot better and i think the wigs would go a long way because when they look like you bought them at the party supply company (laughs) i mean that's yeah that's not good i've always liked merida's i think they usually find a pretty good merida yeah yeah merida's nice there are ones they do well with. There are ones for some reason, like the blonde, like beauty pageant looking, like Aurora, Cinderella, Rapunzel. For some reason, they just can't make them look good. I think there are four things they have to check off. And they're like, okay, voice, got it. Uh, she's she's good with interacting with people, got it. Height, got it. And they're like, face, uh, well, she's got the other three. It's okay. <laughs> I have seen some. I've seen about fifty fifty percent of the time of good aerials. Like every now and then, you find a you know good one, and then equally the amount of time you find a bad one. But I found the one that I think is the worst is Belle. Like I've seen some really, really bad looking Bells. As far as bad meaning, they just did not look like Belle at all, except for the wig, looking more like the beast. I was gonna say Belle is usually the one 
that works best. The ones I've seen. The one I really, the Belle I really like is when she's in her um, provincial town dress, <laughs> like the yeah, blue the dress, blue and the white, white one. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And one. how about the Mulans that meet at Epcot? I have never seen a Mulan that I'm like, that's Mulan. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even seen Mulan except like in the old parade. Oh, no, really? she meets at Epcot. Yeah, we've met her. Yeah. She showed mm-hmm. us how to pose like a warrior. I'll show you sometime, Matt. Don't worry. She ends up looking more like the grandma than she does Mulan. So. Aw. <laughs> okay, well, I guess since you guys started each, um, I'll start with the ugly. And I'm afraid I'm going to take yours, Jeremy. I, you probably aren't, but go ahead. Okay. This is one that you actually showed me. I've never seen this person in the parks. And he is from Aladdin. And his name is Abu. Abu, yes. This yes. the one that was on my bad list. Okay, does he still have a presence in the parks at all? Last week. Oh, okay. Two weeks ago, on Saturday, meeting with Genie, Aladdin, and... Uh, well, Genie and Aladdin, and eventually... Oh, wow. See, I thought maybe since I had never seen him, that meant they discontinued him, because he is freaky. I mean, this is supposed to be <laughs> yeah. a little monkey that sits on Aladdin's shoulder. They let him stand... Side by side with Aladdin as the same height? That's so weird. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with these proportions. If a character in the film... And see, like, Mickey can get away with it. Because Mickey's only, like, three feet tall in the films. But you stand up next to Goofy, even in the parks, and he still is really tall. You know, or, mm-hmm. I mean, really short compared to Goofy. So you can kind of play with that. Abu is like a, a 12-inch monkey, okay? He's not supposed to be... There's nothing you can do to make him look like... You know, uh, uh, he's supposed to. And I feel the same way about Olaf. Like, Olaf is supposed to be like this two-foot-tall snowman that barely comes up to the, you know, somebody's mid-thigh. And then he's, like, six feet tall next to Anna and Elsa. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, I'm actually okay with Olaf. I know he's taken some heat, but I'm actually okay with that one because I'm like, you have to do a character for Olaf. Like, you can't get away with not doing one. And I feel like they actually did a really good job with him. But I I see what you mean. I do. But Abu especially, like, you've never seen him look that way. I mean, they didn't just change his size. Like, he looks weird. And yeah. he has a wonky eye. Like, he's yeah. definitely it's got like, wonky eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, wish, two different directions. I wish our listeners could see the face matches me. <laughs> <laughs> that looks just like a boo. Yeah. What was your ugly one, Matt? Well, y'all just said it, and it's Olaf. And oh, here's oh. why. It's not height or proportions or anything. It's those arms Yeah. that they've made, like stocking like sleeves for someone's arm that looks like um wood uh wood like with the grain and everything on it like little sticks but they his fingers are at the end and everything i just it looks like someone's got a skin disease <laughs> <laughs> like they've got some kind of awful like burns up and down their arms or something no, just freaks me out. no hug is necessary every time i see yeah. him it's like oh. i mean i guess it could have done like a mike wazowski type thing where his arms aren't actually in the arms but then it's like, why aren't you giving me a hug, Olaf? Like, why are your arms just stiff at your sides? Well, they do with that with sticks. They do that with Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski's arms are like stick thin, and they don't move. You, I yeah. just said that. You heard me right. He really did. He did you really did just say that? <laughs> I totally this did not such, hear that. I'm this so is sorry. Such our show right here. <laughs> yeah happening right now. Jeremy zones out. My bad. Like fan, like Fantasia two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Fantasia. <laughs> no, yeah, yes, Spectro Jeremy. Magic. Yes, we just said that. We all brought it up. And then Jeremy was like, you know what? Spectro Magic. 
Yeah, you remember two weeks ago when you guys brought up Spectro Magic and I was like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, my ugly is a character I've never actually seen in the park. However, I've seen pictures. And by far, it is the worst character. I mean, this rivals the weird-looking Mickey Mouses from the 1950s at Disneyland. And you guys need to Google image this right now if okay. you've never seen it. And that is Mowgli from the Jungle Book. Oh, I've seen that. When he did meet and greets. I've seen that. Oh, my gosh. First off, they just found some dark Asian boy to play mm-hmm. him and put a bad wig on his head. And then, because Mowgli is a child, right, and he wears a loincloth because he <laughs> lives in the jungle. Well, you can't have a child, or even a grown man for that matter, uh, wearing just a, a loincloth. So they put on this horrible yes, looking it's like a body spandex like, bodysuit. Yeah. And it's supposed to be flesh-colored, but it's the same idea as, like, a flesh-colored Band-Aid. Like, I've never seen anybody with the color skin that a Band-Aid has. And you... Oh, it is terrible. Somebody posted a picture, though. Somebody posted a picture of a Mowgli without the bodysuit. He's just wearing red shorts. (laughs) It says... It says, let us never forget the days of the Mowgli face character where they hired a guy to run around in shorts. <laughs> a moment of silence. <laughs> it ends up looking, what is that on uh, Arrested Development where the guy never, like, he always wears jean cutoffs? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? That's kind of what Mowgli comes across as. Uh-huh. But but no, the, the, the horrible bodysuit, the, the flesh yeah, that... It's not flesh-like at all, and it's just scary. It this really... has a strange history in the Disney parks because I remember being disturbed. This is odd. I remember being disturbed by this when I was little because when I think I was four or five, they released um, Jungle Book in the theaters or on VHS again, and they had this big celebration kind of tied into the opening of MGM Studios, and this little special aired on the disney channel and for some reason it was recorded on some of my old disney morning shows and there mowgli was like a grown man with this bodysuit on and i remember always thinking what in the world is wrong with mowgli why is he so old (laughs) well we met well uh, derek and i and our friend david we met tarzan and jane and turk a few years ago and when we met Tarzan. He was wearing a bodysuit as well, but it was different. It was a lot thinner than the one that Mowgli's wearing, and it was just like – I don't even know what it was really, but I didn't notice it until I got up close, and I was like, oh, he's wearing a bodysuit, like a, like a nylon. Why well, I wonder why. I don't know. It almost looked like a giant pantyhose like over his whole body. Does that <laughs> yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. And way better than this thing that Mowgli's wearing. Mowgli looks like – like my like my old church when they had a little passion play, they put Jesus in like a tan sweatshirt because <laughs> he could because he was in the church house, you know. <laughs> you can't be having you can't be having nipples in the church house. <laughs> uh, did they draw some on? <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, great. Draw like a six pack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have defeated the purpose. We can see a drawn one, but not a real one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, Mowgli kind of, this, I guess I'm just listing more now, but it kind of reminds me of Hero when Baymax and Hero are meeting. I don't think they are anymore, but I saw so many tweets about, it looks like Hero is just some dude photobombing all these pictures with Baymax <laughs> yeah. because it's like this 25-year-old dude who's supposed to be a kid, and he's just wearing cargo shorts and a sweatshirt, and he's got this yeah, it's awful, like, what are you gonna do? awful wig. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. 
Well, another one that almost, since we're bringing him up, another one that almost made my list is Judge Claude Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, Have you seen him in the park? I think he has the big head syndrome as well. I saw him in the villain show, right? Yeah, he's got, yes, and he's in the, or at least in the parade. I don't know if he's in the show, but he's in in the parade. Uh, but he's got, like you said, the, the Captain Hook giant head, but his head just looks terrible. I mean, it just looks like... I don't know. It just looks like somebody carved it out of foam. It's mm-hmm. really bad. No good. I don't know. Oh, scary town. Honorable mention for me was the Dumbo character, which I had never seen, but I looked it up because you guys had mentioned it, and he he is strange. The the Dumbo character. The oh, see, one. I like the Dumbo character. He's a little fatter than the Dumbo in the movie, yeah. but it's like Dumbo's taken some time off over the last couple of years and and put on a pound or two. But <laughs> yeah. I think he's kind of cute. Well, to each his own. Maybe with the new Tim Burton Dumbo that was announced that we'll Oh, get, my like, word. A goth Dumbo. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Dark killer Dumbo. I feel like we could go on and on because I seriously had so many on my list, but I'll refrain. Maybe another time we can do like a top five list or something. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on and let's share some of our love letters to Disney. Thank you, Walt, for the Walt Disney World Resort Hotels. Where else can you stay in an otherwise perfectly ordinary hotel room for double or even triple the price that you would find outside the resort? Oh, but it's worth the extra hundreds, even thousands, to have the ordinary hotel room festooned with various and sundry themes, to have the resort grounds well-landscaped and perfectly manicured, to swim in a -a one-of-a-kind pool filled with real-live Disney water, and to know I can have as much soda as I want all vacation long for just $17. Did I mention that you can leave the convenience of taking your own automobile to wait for a bus that may or may not be on the way, and already jam-packed with sweaty people, to make several other stops before actually arriving at your destination? But perhaps the best gift of all is simply seeing that Disney in front of your resort name. For this and so much more, we love you, Walt. Mad Chatter Matt. Thank you, Walt Disney World, for your expertise in the art of cupcaking. The way you can turn any attraction, holiday, or upcoming film into an opportunity to create a new cupcake astounds me. And really, it's genius. Just stick something in the icing, whether it's a glass slipper, Minnie's bow, or Olaf's head, and voila, you have a brand new cupcake. Not only can I depend on the fact that a cupcake will be available wherever and whenever I need one, I also can trust that it's going to be as large as my head. You've even managed to market cupcakes as breakfast items, and that's something I'll never complain about. And if I'm thousands of miles away from a Disney park, I can rest assured that the Disney Parks blog is mere days away from releasing yet another post about yet another new cupcake for me to try on my next visit. I didn't know I cared so much about cupcakes, so thank you, Disney, for forcing me to at least take note over and over and over and over. Mad Chatter Derek. Thank you, Walt Disney Management, for Splash Mountain. Thank you for giving us a charming story, lovable characters that are deemed too racist for the American public to enjoy outside of the park. 
love Mad Chatter Jeremy. Now let's get to a topic I am really excited about, and that is food, because I love food, and so we're going to be listing the five best things we ate at a Disney park. Originally it was Walt Disney World, but Jeremy had to throw a wrench in the plane and list something from Disneyland, apparently. Listen, anyway. Or Disney Resort. Am I further exp- am I further pushing the limits with that? No, no, because I actually have something from Tokyo as well. Oh. No. <laughs> I didn't make that up. <laughs> You've never even been there. <laughs> he got a mail order to him. You don't know what I've done. <laughs> Super number one magic park in Tokyo. <laughs> anyway, the reason I, I say the five best foods we ate is because we can't really list the top five foods because we haven't tried them all. And this was a really, really hard list for me to make because... First of all, I kind of turned into a foodie after my first couple trips, and so there are probably things I've blocked out of my memory. And also, I just—I think I just listed the five things that kept coming to mind, but if I really thought about it, I would have others. Does that make sense? Sure. Yes. Okay. All right, well, does one of you... Matt, why don't you start? Number five. Okay. Best food you've eaten. Now, just to clarify, these are uh, these, we're going in order, right? The number one is number one. It's like our favorite. <laughs> yes. Okay, I just want to be sure. Very good. Very good. I think it's it was hard for me to make as well, and even now I'm having to, to really decide which ones are which. But yeah. I think I'm going to stick with my number five being the coffee-rubbed ribeye at La Cellier mm. Steakhouse at Canada and Epcot. Now, this is uh, they change the menu often there, and I think the last time I went, it was actually a, a, a coffee-rubbed Kansas City strip. Which is not a ribeye. So let's clarify. I mean the coffee-rubbed ribeye. And the difference being that a ribeye is a very fatty, what they call marbled cut of meat, because it has a lot of fat running through all the lean parts. So what you get is a nice, juicy piece of steak. That, with the coffee rub, made this spectacular. And even to this day, my go-to rub for steak, for grilling, or anything is a coffee rub because it just enhances the flavor so much. Okay, explain to me. Are these actual just coffee grounds rubbed on it? before? Well, it it's coffee grounds as the main part of the rub with like garlic powder, oregano, coriander, and some other things okay. that are interesting. That makes more sense. But when it's cooked, I don't know what it is about the coffee. It doesn't taste like coffee. It's just a really good, earthy taste. Yeah. It's terrific. Nice. With garlic butter on top, I think some kind of herb butter they put on top made it good, too. I don't even remember the side dish that night, just that steak. I could have eaten it again and again. That's all you need. My number five is also a savory, which is unusual for me because I love my sweets. But mine is from the Be Our Guest restaurant, which was good. I think we liked everything we had. I remember the bread was good. But what I really enjoyed that I always think about was their potato leek soup, which was which was the appetizer I got. It was so creamy and cheesy and just really, really savory and good. And then when you have the roll with it, when you dip a piece of the soft bread in it, oh man, 
it just put it over the top. And nothing I had after that quite matched that soup, which kicked off the meal. It was really good. In fact, I've looked up the recipe to try to make it at home, but I feel like... I feel like there's alcohol in it or something, and I'm like, I don't really want to spend money for that. I don't know. I, I need to look at it. But I do feel <laughs> what like what is it again? It's the potato leek soup. But I do feel like there were a oh. few strange ingredients that I was like, I don't really want to spend if money on French, that. If it's French, was like brandy, cognac, something like that. Perhaps. Mm, I love leeks. Mm-hmm. Not in a boat. Ah. <laughs> uh, what? I don't know. Some dad joke. Okay, uh, <laughs> number such five. A dad joke. <laughs> and I'm not even a dad. Uh, number five for me. By the way, we picked the wrong time of the day to record this podcast because I'm really hungry right now. Oh, no. Just hearing your two. So, anyways, my number five is the baklava in Morocco. Oh, yeah. I've only had this one time, but it was really good. And I've had baklava at other places. And sometimes I find it to be too honey. E? Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Like yeah, I've yeah. had it's it too where soppy. It's, yes. Yeah. But this baklava is not too soppy. It was when very southern good. white people make it for homecoming at church, it's too <laughs> honey y. Okay, you've hit your church reference quota for this podcast, yeah, yeah. all right. Did you have it at like the quick service or at food and wine? Um a quick service. Okay. Because the only reason I had it is I was with some people a while ago and we were staying for illuminations. And somebody ran and they got some for themselves. And because of the kindness of their heart, they bought me one as well, which I didn't expect. And they're like, here, I got you some baklava. And I was like, oh. And I ate it and it was divine. <laughs> yeah. It was really yeah. good. I so, had it at food and wine and, oh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's, a good, it's definitely well made there at Morocco, in Morocco. Number four in my list of most memorable and favorite things I've ever eaten, which kind of go together for me. Um, is the ham and apple sandwich at Kringla Bakery Og mm. in Norway at Epcot. And this was a, um, I, for some reason, I've been connected to the Disney universe and fandom and f- forums and stuff for a long time. But no one, I've never seen like people just going on and on about this bakery in Norway. But like three years ago, my wife and I took a trip and we were just hap- we'd happened to be there kind of early in the in the in the morning for Epcot and went over to this bakery for our lunch. And we just wanted to split a little something. So we got one of these sandwiches, the ham and apple and a school bread. Um, the ham and apple sandwich comes on like really hearty like wheat toast. Of course there's some good ham and Swiss cheese on it, but what makes it is the combination of like cooked apples and this really sweet tart onion chutney which was just mind-blowingly delicious Uh, and school bread's okay everybody loves the school bread like my wife and you all love it but it's okay this sandwich though is the best thing about that little bakery in norway now i have raved about the roast beef sandwich there as well which is not on my list but i'm going to echo because they both have now the the ham and apple has i don't speak norwegian uh i believe it's jarlsberg but it's yeah, with a it's J. A type of cheese. Yeah, now it has Jarlsberg and um, Munster cheese on mm. that. But the roast beef and uh, the roast beef sandwich just has the Jarlsberg cheese, and it is divine. I get it every time. I always want to try your little apple thing, but I never can pull myself away from the roast beef. Just ask for a little half and half. Ooh, they won't do that. No, they might do that. I don't know. <laughs> 
It ain't Panera. <laughs> um, no, I thought that would be on your list because you've mentioned that to me several times. And ever since, I've also wanted to try that. I'm going to have to do that next time I'm yeah, there. Yeah, it's not like something I have to have every time, but it was really, really good. Enough to make it onto this, this list. In fact, none of these things are really something I have to have every time. Which brings but... me to a question. How did you guys come up with these lists? Like, what was your process? Well, mine are mostly sweets. And so I guess that's what I remember better mm-hmm. is the sweet things rather than the savory. That's how I am, too. Like, as I made my list, it was the things that over the years I just constantly think about. Yeah. Um, but I think if I sat down and made a list of every single thing I've ever tried at a restaurant, there would be others that would exceed these. But I just can't leave these off my list because I think about them all the time. Well, yeah. I've said on this show before, I am not a foodie in that I remember a lot of what I eat. I mean... <laughs> I remember if I've had a bad experience more than anything good. So this was difficult for me because I What you're saying is that food is wasted on you. Ouch. It's not wasted on me. I can appreciate it. If you remember experiences, why did you order something at Cheesecake Factory that made you sick the first time and then (laughs) made you sick the second time in the parking lot of Cheesecake Factory? And I testify I was the cleaner-upper the first time. Or was it the second time? The second time was with me, and he stopped at like every third car in the parking lot. The first time was with me, and I had to pull over into Carabas and get him some napkins from the bar to clean himself up. This is not going in the podcast. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Oh, Why would you in. order the orange chicken or cashew chicken? Was it again? <laughs> it was the cashew chicken. Okay. Well, my number four is, was actually mentioned and semi-slammed by Matt. I didn't get to tell you how I made my list. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell me. It was things that I. <laughs> <laughs> it was things that I tell people. You need to go here and try this. Oh, yeah. Except for the steak. The steak is like the one thing I have ever eaten at Disney World that like stopped me in my tracks and was like, this is delicious. Hmm. So you don't recommend that to people? Well, I do, but it's one of those things, like I said, that changes. And this was before they went to a sig- – La Cellier became signature and really mm-hmm. updid their menu a lot. So I don't even know what they serve there anymore. I haven't been since that. Yeah. This is like old school La Cellier days. You could just walk up. We had my, I had to wait an hour, but – we just walked up and got a table, you know, yeah. and I just remember that, that steak. Well, like your ham and apple sandwich, my number four comes from World Showcase. In fact, it comes from the exact same location, and it is school bread, which I finally got to try a couple weeks ago thanks to my friend Jeremy, who brought it to me kindly. And it was everything I imagined it would be <laughs> and more. The outside of it. The, the frosting on top, everything is delicious, and then you bite in, and that creamy goodness. What's in the, what's on the inside? Cardamom is one of the spices. Custard. It's like a yeah, custard. I guess that's true. Yeah, it's like but a, it's a little more whipped than a normal custard like you would get in a donut. That's true. I'd agree with that. Cardamom is the main taste, and coconut. There's coconuts on top. Oh, coconut, they're like the, the coconut. candied coconut on the top. Because oh. it's not like a coconut shaving. It's like sugary toasted. coconut. Yeah, ooh, yeah, toasted. There you yeah, go. That's yeah, it's still it's, just yeah. coconut, but... Oh my yeah, gosh. But- Everything about it. I tore it down. It was good. Very good. Mm. Very good. That's my-, my wife's favorite thing ever at Disney World. Well, there you go. Oh, we should have had her on to make her list. <laughs> She'd be like, school bread. I'm going home. Uh, <laughs> my number four is the Bananas Foster bread pudding at Ohana. Mm. 
Um, again, something we have mentioned in passing on this podcast before. Something that we were not really expecting or even wanting the first time we experienced Ohana. But uh, very good. We tore it down. And, mm-hmm. it's, and I'm not a big banana person. I mean, I don't mind bananas, but it's not my go-to fruit. But this was really good. I don't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> okay. Well, this, I'll go ahead and say it. I'll go ahead and say it. This was my number one because I think about this bread pudding all the time. In fact, I don't even think I knew I liked bread pudding until I tried it here. Because like you said, the wait- the waitress brought it out. We said, oh, no, thanks. We're good. Well, you know, just try it. And then, like you said, we devoured it completely because it was so good. And I, it's not bananas as the main ingredient. Like, it's just their, their uh, coconut pineapple bread and then there's a banana caramel sauce so maybe that's why you're okay with it even though you don't love bananas but just everything about it and then the scoop of ice cream on top just like yes. uh just put me to sleep I, it's i don't know what that means but i'm like i'm really full you know you get it put me to sleep. oh well, my I, gosh um, it's so good i didn't say it a few minutes ago but it's appropriate now that school bread was actually my number one so we swapped each other's fours or each other's other's number ones so there you go we like bread (laughs) carbs sweet bread Mm. well i continue in the meat category my number three oh yeah i'm gonna say it's my number three my number three is the pork belly that I had at Narcusi's, uh. which is a restaurant at Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. This is the beautiful octagonal restaurant that sits out on the Seven Seas Lagoon. And um, the thing about the pork belly is it's not a dish. It's not something you order, like I'm going to have the pork belly. I ordered the chicken. We are visiting. We were wanting to eat there for our anniversary, like to remember it. Um, not our anniversary, the anniversary of our engagement. And um, we were kind of on the budget, so I ordered the chicken, and which was was going to be great. It wasn't really about what I ordered; it was about being there at that place where you know, we'd eaten the night we were engaged. But with the chicken came a little cube of pork belly. Now, if you do not know what pork belly is, it's what bacon is before it is smoked and then sliced. So when you're eating bacon, you're eating sliced and smoked pork belly. But this is pre all of that. And so if you can just imagine a little chunk of porky, fatty, collagen goodness. <laughs> and when I put that in my mouth, <laughs> there are pictures of my face. I might send that picture because I just couldn't talk for like two minutes. I almost, I was literally almost crying at how good it was. <laughs> He's getting a little teary-eyed now. You can't see it. But <laughs> I am. He's getting touched. He's glistening. Yeah, uh, it was wonderful. So if you ever see... um, Now, I've seen pork belly on other menus at restaurants at Walt Disney World, and it has not been as good. So maybe it's just the chef at Narcusi's really knows what he's doing. So if you ever see that as a little side item on one of their dishes, because they too change seasonally and things get swapped out, you know, order something that's just okay just to get that little chunk of pork belly on your plate because it's divine. Now, is it enough that if they could make a menu, like a whole meal, like, or is it better as a small, like? It's better as a small thing. You wouldn't want a whole lot of it because okay. it would make you, well, it would make you sick. Okay. <laughs> 
It's just so. That's weird. what people say about me. <laughs> just a little bit, and make <laughs> <Yes>. you sick. <laughs> if you look at a piece, you know, I, I'll keep comparing it to bacon because it's. If you look at bacon, if you were like to turn the the strip up, you know, where you're looking at it, and if you were to imagine that little slice of bacon as like a cube, that layer of fat on top is there on this chunk of pork belly that's maybe like two inches cubed. And so you wouldn't want a whole lot of it because you would either um, get sick or die. <laughs> on the does side. it does it complement the chicken? Like, should you eat it alongside the? Ch- I mean, like a little piece of that. I don't forgot chi- the chicken. I don't even remember the chicken. I don't remember <laughs> chicken, vegetables, potatoes, nothing. <laughs> Give me that pork belly. No, you know, actually, the chicken was was really good. I was surprised at how good it was because it said a chicken breast, and I was thinking like. Just a boneless, skinless chicken breast, but it was like an actual bone-in, skin-on chicken breast with a little bit of flour, and they had sautéed it. So it went, it went well with it, I guess. I don't know, but the pork belly is what was like. Ah, I'm picturing sitting across from Matt at this restaurant. You're out on the water. The windows are behind you. His face just lights up, and then behind him you see the fireworks, and you hear wishes. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, a tear comes down his cheek. And we're just at number three, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only getting better. That's right. My number three was from our very first trip, and it's also to Le Cellier, which you mentioned earlier. And like you said, the menu has changed a lot, and so I looked it up, and it's not actually on the menu anymore. But it was a steak, and I remember it because I'm not a big steak fan, but since Le Cellier um, claims to be a steakhouse, I mean, it is a steakhouse, I said, okay, I have to get steak. So I got the herb-crusted prime rib changed my life because now I am more I mean it really in a literal sense changed my life because now I'm more willing to try steaks because I it's not that I don't like them I'm just like I would much prefer to have chicken or fish anyway this herb crusted prime rib everything about it was so good I'm pretty sure I ate all of it before I touched any of the other sides but and that was what eight years ago now but I still remember that as just probably one of the best steaks I've ever had you know, that's funny that you say that because Jessica, my wife, is not – I mean, you know she is. I was saying that for the listeners. <laughs> Jessica is not a big meat eater either. I mean, as far as steak goes. She's not like, mmm, steak. Yeah. But um, she got that herb-crusted prime rib one time we went to La Cellier and also really just raved and raved oh. about how good it was. So I'm good. I feel vindicated. I don't know what it is about that one, but yeah, it makes meat eaters out of people. <laughs> well, I mean, chicken's good meat steak eaters there you go red meat yeah red meat lovers i really well and this isn't on my list but it did that did just make well i won't say it in case it's on your list do you have anything from the jeremy or matt no okay because i just remembered that pretzel bread that you get at the beginning Ooh, yeah. that was some good stuff Ooh, yeah. too i miss lecellier we, we tore it down that pretzel bread i had to keep bread off of my list because i could do this whole list on Bread and butters alone. Yeah, at Disney World. <laughs> I think they have that same bread at Beer Garden, which is dangerous because it's a buffet. So you can be like, more bread, more yes. pretzel bread. Open, open up your purse. Oh, mas, mas, mas in Spanish. I don't know what more in German is. That's mas, <laughs> da, mas pan. <laughs> and we're offensive again. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Chatter. That's right. My number three it used to be my go-to dessert in the world showcase or not dessert but like snack sweet snack before i discovered school bread and that is the chocolate mousse from france Mm. um 
I liked it because it's whipped, so it's very light, and <laughs> it's chocolatey, but it's not – it's like the perfect mixture of like a <laughs> dark chocolate and a milk chocolate. Like it um, – so it's not – it doesn't have either of those flavors, but it's just like the perfect blend between them. So hmm. uh, anyway, I don't know how else to describe it other than that, but very good. If you just want something light and easy, it's a very light dish. Nice. I'll have to try that. It makes me shout as well. We shout a lot. Over shout? Food. Mm. That's another theme. We we like to be offensive and we like to shout. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two. Number two on my list is a seasonal favorite at the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. And it is a featured dish in France. I've only had it one time, but it made me very happy, and that is the escargot. And (laughs) the escargot come in little, like, itty-bitty little bread bowls. If you can imagine the little bread bowls that you get at Panera with your soup in it, if you like that sort of thing. These are like little small versions, out of which they've just carved a little hole, and they've put this escargot inside, and then put the little cap back on. So that you kind of eat it all as one little morsel and they've cooked the escargot in just a the most garlicky herby butter you can imagine so the whole thing is just a symphony of wonderfulness in your mouth all at once hmm. i'm thinking i think they give you three three or four little little bites with the uh with it what french location i don't know with the france the france uh, booth at the food and wine festival oh, oh okay yeah huh I'm sure that you can get something very similar in one of the restaurants because escargot is bound to be an appetizer at Le Chef de France or Monsieur Paul. Monsieur Paul. Doesn't it bother you that just the fact that you're eating something that was, you know, at the Flower and Garden Festival was crawling on the leaves and they just went out back and grabbed them and They're sauteed them up? sea snails, you dope. They're sea snails. Oh, really? Oh, Okay. Yeah, they they're like shrimpy. I don't know. You, it's hard to describe. If you ever had mussels or oysters, yeah, of course. It's very similar, except a little less fishy. Okay, but now oysters are very slimy. I didn't like those. Mm. It's like I could have put in the raw it. oysters narcoosies on there. Oh, wow. I did. Gross, sucking snot. Oh, gross. Well, um, I am going to have to try all these eventually, but that might be number 15 on my list of things to try. Anyway, my number two is a breakfast item, the first on our list, and it is over at Kona Cafe, but also Captain Cook's, the quick service place at Downstairs Polynesian Resort. And you all know where I'm going, I think. And Mm -hmm. that is Tonga Toast. Mm, World famous Tonga Toast. The first time I had it was at the quick service with Matt. The second time I had it was at Kona Cafe with Jeremy. And I don't think... Kona Cafe was really, really good as far as breakfast goes, but I don't know if I can ever go there and not get Tonga Toast. It is a giant piece of sourdough. I'm talking like a cube of sourdough bread. And then they've sliced it and they've stuffed it with bananas. And then they have coated it in like basically like a French toast type eggy thing. And then they've deep fried it. And then they cover it in cinnamon sugar. And then at Kona Cafe, they serve it with their berry or their strawberry compote. So it's healthy. Exactly. Oh, and then you put syrup on it. Yes. Very healthy. Oh my goodness. It is amazing. I love 
It is like everything I love about breakfast food. Bananas, bread, syrup, sweets. Oh, it's so good. Would you say that it is amazing? It, is that better than amazing? Yeah, because amazing is amazing on crack. Then yes. Also, when we had it at the uh, Kona Cafe, didn't it? Didn't we also get that coffee there as well? That was really good. Yes, the Kona Coffee French Press. Yes, still yeah. maybe the best coffee I've had. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Indeed. I enjoyed Kona Cafe to be sure. Now, if you get it at Captain Cook's, you do not get the strawberry compote with it, but you do usually get like uh, sausage or bacon or some sort of meat as a side. So it's kind of a trade off, I guess. My number two goes all the way out to Disneyland, and that is the Home Freak out in the New Orleans Square yes. there. Yes. We got these. Now, Derek, I, I rely on Derek to be my <laughs> ambassador to food in Disney parks. So pretty much whatever Derek ambassador recommends. Yeah, pretty much whatever he recommends. I'm like, that sounds great to me. And he's on top of these things more than I am. So he wanted to go there to try the Monte Cristo. Cristo. Monte, Monte Cristo. Monte Cristo. Monte Cristo. That would make an amazing sandwich. He's very greasy. <laughs> well, that sandwich was greasy, so it works. And the home free. And um, you're very good with your French. We <laughs> oui, we. Oui. Yeah. Anyways, um, I was impressed. Now. Oh. The Monte Cristo, I've only had a Monte Cristo a few times in my life, and I don't dislike it, but I am not a ki- the kind of person that likes sweet things with the meal. So I was skeptical about if, how much I would enjoy it, but I really liked it. And oh my fact, gosh. to the point that way more than I thought I would, because I did not like, some people just dump the whole um, fruity dip on the sandwich. Was it like a raspberry berry compote you said? Yeah, it's like a puree, like a berry puree. Yeah. But mm-hmm. some people, you know, they just go ahead and dump it on the sandwich and eat it. I yeah. just used my knife to scoop it bite by bite, mm-hmm. which the more I ate it, the more I scooped. I so bet you did. got better. He's a scooper. <laughs> and then the pommes frites uh, were like french fries, but they had like a Parmesan cheese they're, on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're basically garlic Parmesan french fries. Yeah. And you talk about... Oh, amazing crack cocaine. Oh, my gosh. These things. Like, I was so full, but we still had a basket full. And, and I that, was just like... And that, like, tangy, spicy sauce. I don't even know yeah. what it was. Like a, I, I want to say I'm honey mustard, sure. but it wasn't. But it looked like honey mustard. Oh, my gosh. And see, I love the Monte Cristo. Everything about that meal is something I will definitely get again if I go to Disneyland again. Yeah, I'd definitely get it again. But those fries, I just remember I could not stop eating those fries. Oh. It was just like one after And I remember even being like... Where's the waiter? He's got to take these away because I'm full. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, rawr, rawr, rawr. They and, were uh, really good. <laughs> really yeah, good. That's a good one. Uh, so we're down to my number one because you all have exchanged number Oh, yeah, that's right because the bread pudding was mine. Yep, I'm done with my list. Number one for me is not so much about... It's about the substance of the dish. It's about the substance, the existential nature of what oh, no. you are served. And that is the Meat Trio at Ohana. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah. It is not the best steak I've ever had. It is not the best pork I've ever had. It is not the best shrimp I've ever had. But it is the fact that you have sat down to dinner and you are given all three. <laughs> In unlimited portions. Yep. Yes. But I, I, I tag these specifically along with the peanut dipping sauce. 
mm. at Ohana, which is what makes that whole mm. trio work. So Ohana, my favorite restaurant, this is by far my favorite like triplet of food because they come together, right? That's your main dish. You get mm. all three. Sure. Yeah. The chicken, steak, and pork. Or chicken, 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 chicken. Nope. Oh. <laughs> Steak, pork, and shrimp. Steak, pork, and shrimp. Although, I was about to say the chicken is no longer. Yeah. I heard a rumor that the chicken is back and pork is gone. Mm-hmm. I have not yet confirmed this. I would be in favor of that because the pork is is my least favorite. It's good, but it's one of those, you know, I can take one and I'm done with it. Yeah. And what brings out your your testosterone more than being served meat? on skewers that were just roasted over an open fire you True. know it's, it's like, like this is the place that you take people i don't know when i took a couple guys that were visiting here to ohana it's like you know you're paying 36 to 41 dollars depending on on what time of the year it is but when you go in there and they start bringing all the stuff out and then it's like you realize i'm getting all this grilled meat as much as i want it uh, it blows people's minds. Like, yeah. you want some more shrimp? Yeah, I'll take some more shrimp. Yeah, if you if you have a teenager in your home, you know that is like an endless, you know, bottomless pit that can eat and eat and eat. This is a good place for them. Or you know, like if you have a family member that's not into fine dining or enjoys or food, fitness or fitness, but they're just a philistine. You just take them there and they just <laughs> eat eat the, the flesh of the beast all night long. Listen, this mm. is why Ohana is one of our favorite restaurants because we've always, already mentioned the dessert. Matt has just mentioned all the meats and one of my honorable mentions was that coconut pineapple bread that they bring you at the beginning. Yes. So good. I remember when, when we went last time, they take you by the counter and they introduce the, the theme of Ohana. Ohana means family. And then they put one of those loaves of bread on your tray. And I remember there were two on the counter and we were like, we're hungry. You might as well throw that second one on there. And he's like, really? Okay. Okay. And he did. And we ate them both because it is that good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as old hippie ain't there playing her uh, ukulele, it's a good Coco. night. Coco. 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 I don't think that's her name. <laughs> but it is now. <laughs> Uh, I know it's a top five, but did you guys have any honorable mentions that you just hate not to say? Yes, I did. And one of them is the almond tart at um, the boulangerie patisserie at France. And um, You guys, and you're French. You are so cultural. I know. I'm not really a, an almond lover, like the taste of almond flavored things I don't really like like almond I don't I don't even know when that has come into play ever but I don't like almond flavoring <laughs> but this is like a little a little puff pastry triangle typically and then it's just got like a little thin layer in the middle of like this almond um, cream nougat kind of thing I don't know what it is hmm. but it's wonderful and I got it just because I saw it and I was like that looks interesting but that's like all I get now unless they have one of those strawberry tarts tarts which is seasonal. So the almond tart makes it onto my honorable mention. Nice. My honorable mention is the, I think it's pork sliders from Food and Wine at, is it the Hala, ha, uh, Hawaii? Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hawaii, Hala Hapa uh, booth there. I really enjoyed it. It's one of those things that it's, well, Food and Wine, you gotta understand, you're paying, it's not bad pricing, but, you know, it's, it's overpriced. It's overpriced. Like but it's everything not, else. Yeah. But if I was in a restaurant, and I, I would definitely order it as like a sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Normal size sandwich, not as a slider. Right. Yeah. As a slider, it's it's a little overpriced. That's why I didn't make my list. 
if I could add Disneyland items, this would probably be number two or three, and that's the Matterhorn Macaroon. Mm. Which I was I was going to try, but Jeremy brought me his that he had received on that tour because he was so <laughs> over the whole thing and kind of bitter about it, right. so he gave me his. And Episode then I, two. Yeah. <laughs> and then I bought one later on because it was so good. And how about that thing? It's only $1.99. That can, is amazing. Like, how do they still get away with charging that? Because they could charge like four bucks and people would still buy it. And so I really appreciate that they keep it at $1.99. Shh, don't give them any ideas. I know, I know. But it's very dense and it's so coconutty and it is divine it's so good i love they'll slap on a little picture of olaf on rice Ugh. paper on the top of it and make it a frozen divine thing. is the has become i don't i don't ever say divine but divine I, has yeah. become adjective of the show today i know you said it earlier episodes. it made me think of it oh when the i think of divine i think of the walk around character at animal kingdom oh right right <laughs> divine she is not divine i'll tell you that <laughs> she is scary she'd be popping out of the woods all of a sudden you're like whoa <laughs> Well, now that we've all worked up an appetite, I say we sign off and get some of these treats or at least a McDonald's or something. It's the next best thing, right? (laughs) It's all the same. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. We hope that you will come back next week, but we also hope you'll check us out on Twitter at mad underscore chatters and tell us your favorite foods at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. Or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mad chatters podcast. You can also review us on iTunes, which we ask that you please do. And you can check out our blog always at madchatters.net. And you can listen next week, and we will be right here, wherever you listen to us, Mad Chatters Podcast. We will see you then. But I'm hungry, Mother. Name that movie. 101 Dimensions. Now let's get to it. Ah! <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> Matt. What? I think yes. you're really delayed. Okay. Say three at the same time I say three. You're really delayed too. One. Three. <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't quite understand the exercise. <laughs>